It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. And it is really the only option that you can say truly gives them a, a chance. It is the only option. Kirk Cousins, if Minnesota is going to be as bad as we would anticipate, and after losing uh, in week one, and I know it's only week one, but when you lose at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week one, Joe, I'm going to anticipate that you are going to have a disappointing season. And if that's the case, when you have a quarterback who is on the last year of his deal and you can get something for him, you have to think about it. And if you're the Jets and you have the opportunity to go to the postseason, you absolutely have to move into that direction. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. So with that in mind, uh, let us hear from Robert Sala uh, checking in. Fellas, if you can play it from there, because I've got a little bit of an issue. Oh, here it what is. What a prima donna. Oh, now listen. You can't push your own buttons? I'll play it from here. Now it's up there. Now I got it on the screen. We're good to go. Here's Robert Sala on what he believes Aaron Rodgers' future in the NFL is. I, I, I haven't gone that, down that road with him. Um, I mean, I, I'd be shocked if he's if this is the way he's going to go out. But uh, but at the same time, for him, uh, he's got he's working through a whole lot of headspace uh, things that he needs to deal with, and uh, that will be the last thing I talk to him about. Yeah, and I would agree that it would be very surprising if he did go out that way. But to your point, this is why it's almost too perfect. It's almost too perfect on that uh, idea of having Kirk Cousins be your guy because Aaron Rodgers comes back next year. You want to ride that train? You can because Kirk Cousins is one and done if you bring him in. Assess your situation. Assess your situation and be accurate and be honest, more importantly. If you're the Jets, look at yourself in the mirror and ask how far you think you really can go with Zach Wilson. If you're sitting there hoping Wilson takes another step, hoping that he's the guy you haven't seen in the building for the last two plus years, but that's all you have to go on is hope, that's not a plan. It's not a viable plan. Certainly not a plan that's going to win a Super Bowl. Now, if you realize that you're up, you know what, Creek with Zach Wilson, there aren't any other viable options out there. You don't think you're capable of contending for a Super Bowl given the way you're currently constructed. Then, yeah, don't give up the assets. Don't waste the money. Just do what you can this year. See if you can get Wilson to look better, and then maybe you can flip him in the offseason for something. But if you truly believe, because a lot of people have said this, and you've made a great point about everything they have at their disposal, if you truly believe you have a Super Bowl team outside of the quarterback position, Don't waste the year. Call Minnesota. See what they want for Kirk Cousins. I don't think it's going to be a lot because Cousins' deal is up in the offseason. They haven't extended him. There's a lot of thought process that they might want to move in another direction and bring in a young quarterback. So be it. It wouldn't cost a lot because by the time we get to the trade deadline, how many teams are honestly going to want Kirk Cousins as a rental? There might be one other team out there, but if there's not and you're still in contention, you might be able to get him for a reasonable, reasonable price. Remember, you... 
You were going to lose a first-round pick to Green Bay in 2024 based on the Aaron Rodgers trade, but he needed to play 65% of the snaps for that to happen. That's no longer going to happen, so you keep the first-round pick, and that becomes a second-round pick that you have to send to the Packers. You're already somewhat up on this deal. Not big picture, I know, because of the injury, but there is bright side there when it comes to dedicating more resources to that position. Cousins could be the type of guy that can bridge that gap. Cousins could be the type of guy that if this defense is as great as everyone says it is, he might be able to steer the ship deep into the postseason. Well, it's your best opportunity. And let's be clear, this is not happening this week. The Vikings are not making that kind of a move this early in the year. They're not going to punt on the season this early in the year. And more importantly for the Jets, this is a situation where they're going to give Zach Wilson every opportunity yes because they drafted him number two yes because it's their best option at the moment bringing somebody in right now and expecting him to be able to take over i don't know that that's truly viable to expect him to play at a high level right away what you're expecting and hoping for from zach wilson is that you can get the other players around him to buy in after what was a disastrous year last year and show belief, and Wilson, in turn, does not screw it up, does not turn it over. That's asking a lot, especially when you look at what is coming here in the next several weeks. You look at the Cowboys this week. I, I don't see how the Jets win this game. When I saw the Giants the other night absolutely have their offensive line dismantled by the Cowboys, and the Giants have a much, much better offensive line than the Jets do. And when I'm looking beyond that, the Patriots, they have owned Zach Wilson. The Chiefs, they're going to put up their points. You're going to have to score some points in that game. The Broncos, the Eagles, all before the bye. Zach Wilson has these five games here, Joe, to really prove what he can do. And if that's anything at all, they'll continue to ride with him. If not... You make that trade right at the bye week. What do you think? What do you think the situation is for the Jets to where they're out on any aggressive acquisitions? Like they're like basically, if you find yourself at two and seven, you're probably not trying to swing a big deal, giving up assets for a rental quarterback who won't be with you next year when you have a long shot of making the playoffs. So what would Wilson have to do? It's almost in Wilson's Like, the better Wilson plays, the more likely they could be to try to swing a deal for somebody better. Or the more they win, even if it's despite him, right? So, like, what would the Jets have to be at by the bye week to where they're like, you know what, forget this. Like, if they're 2-4, and you think they're still thinking about a guy like Kirk Cousins? I think 2-4 and they might be. Okay. I think if we're... Schedule's easier on the back end. Schedule's much easier after the bye. And there's, there's, there's two scenarios in which... They are absolute, maybe three, where they are definitively not going to be looking at somebody. Number one, you know, they're four and two after this first six games going into the bye. Wilson's playing more than well enough for them to win and not turn it over. They're not going to go do something because, as of you said, as you said, this lineup of games is much tougher than what they have in the second half of the year. Number two, it falls apart. And they lose these five games in a row, and they are sitting right then at one and five. I don't think they will do something then. I'd agree. Number I'd agree. Three, Why give up the assets? Yeah. Number three, 
would be they won't do something if they are sitting middle of the pack and he's okay. If you're three and three and again, he's okay. I don't see them going and doing something big. I think the scenario in which they go do something big is if he is bad and they are winning in spite of him. Yeah, it's got to be Monday night. It's exactly what we saw Monday night. You had yeah. the punt return. You had the defense play huge. The team can win games even despite the quarterback play. That's because what you it would owe have it to, to the be. defense at that point, don't you? If your defense I, has gotten you to three and three through that stretch, you owe them. Especially after what you did to them last year. Like I, we always talk about wasting years when you have a rookie quarterback who's a franchise guy on his rookie deal, right? We talk about you can't squander those years like the Chargers have, like the Cowboys did with Dak, waiting too long to get a deal done, all that stuff. You can't keep squandering this elite defense. No. Like last year, you flushed that defensive effort. You didn't even threaten for a playoff spot. This year, you can't throw it away again, can you? No. No, you can't. You can't. And right now, I do honestly believe Zach's their best chance for this second right okay. now. And – Obviously, the bar is set pretty low when that's the case. But what he really needs is not just the support of the team, because publicly he's going to get that. He needs the private support of Aaron Rodgers to back him up. He needs Aaron Rodgers after the surgery or whatever, when he is back in the facility and talking to this team and talking to his teammates, he needs Aaron Rodgers selling them on him. Now, it's going to be a much tougher sales job if he's out there just getting just his doors blown off in these games. Um, Rodgers has the credibility in that building with his teammates where Rodgers and Zach's relationship is good enough where I fully believe that Aaron, as part of that culture, is going to go to those teammates and say, guys, you need to back this guy up. You need to believe in him. He's capable of doing it. I think he is. You need to, too. Do you think Wilson is aware of the fact that as soon as practice starts this week, he needs to be the first guy in the building and the last one to leave? That he needs to go out and set the tone very early that he is ready to do everything in his power to lead this team to the promised land? If he's not, I have no hope for him. I mean, if he's not at this point... If somebody actually has to tell him that, Joe, I have no hope for him. I can't imagine that he doesn't know that. But I get blown away by the stupidity of people every day. So that's every just day. me. <laughs> every single day. One of the names we never floated. Uh, you think Johnny Manziel is interested? <laughs> I think Johnny Manziel would walk there. That's, <laughs> From that's how you look at it. wherever it is now. Evan, what's that? I asked if you were okay. That was just completely random. Did you see that somewhere? Like that that was just so random. I like got whiplash. I just wanted to make I'm sure watching, you were okay. I'm watching Carlin in the Zoom and he's getting too comfortable. So I was like, I'm gonna throw something at him and see if we can shake the big <laughs> walrus up. I I I'm he's very sorry. comfortable. He I was half, so comfortable. I was half listening to that segment and I heard that and I was like, What is happening? We appreciate your support. You got it. <laughs> half listening to the segment. Carlin versus Joe, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. The odds have shifted completely against the Jets to win the AFC East. So, are they still a good bet, or are they a 
Bad bet. It's next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Is it a good bet? I like those odds. Or is it a bad bet? Take my money, take it off! Ah, yes, it is good bet, bad bet. It is quite simply a question that is posed by our producer, our host, that is Evan Wilner. He will ask us if a particular proposition is a good bet or a bad bet as we attempt to make everyone some more money. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Auto, uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts Loaner Tool Program has more than 80 specialty loaner tools available to help you with your next repair. Refundable deposit required. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Evan Wilner is here. The floor is yours, Evan. Yeah, so the odds on the Jets winning the AFC East have now gotten lower. So, Joe, they're at plus 500. Is it a good bet or a bad bet? Bad bet. I'm not interested in Zach Wilson. I know that he might be able to take one step forward, but I think ultimately when you look at the first six games of the season, they're probably staring at two and four, three and three, best case scenario. Miami's cooking. Buffalo might figure out their problems at some point, even if they don't. Josh Allen turned the ball over a lot last year, and they still won like 13 games. So they're going to put a big number up there this season as well. I would not play five to one on the Jets to win the East. I'm a value man myself. There's not enough of it here. It's a bad bet. Uh, if that was plus 700, I'd consider it. Uh, but at this point, I can't say that. The Miami looked like an absolute machine offensively the other day. And I got to figure that at some point, Vic Fangio's defense is going to figure out what he does well. And he's going to figure them out. And he's going to excel. That was a very good move by them. I expect the Dolphins to win this division. 
Uh, I like that uh, you mentioned the Dolphins. Tua Tungavailoa is plus 650 to win MVP. That is just behind Patrick Mahomes at plus 600. So is Tua at plus 650 a good bet or a bad bet for MVP, Carlin? No, it's a bad bet. Come on, guys. It's one week. I can't even guarantee the guy's going to be on the field. No, absolutely not. And for Patrick Mahomes to be plus 600 and Tua Tungavailoa to be plus 650 is an insult to wagering in general. Let's just call it that. <laughs> like, if you bet that, you should just shut down your entire FanDuel account or your DraftKings account or whatever you got. You shouldn't be allowed to bet anymore. It's a terrible bet. Think about it like this. Before that game started on Sunday, Tua was 25-1 to 1 to win MVP. Not because he can't put up big numbers. We know he can do that in the Dolphins system because he's an injury risk. He might not be able to play out the entire season. So he goes out. He plays a spectacular game against the Chargers, throws for over 400 yards. Money comes pouring in on him to win MVP, and now it's down to plus 650. Okay, great. Plus 650 is a price that doesn't seem to account for the high injury risk that he brings to the table. So pass. No way I would make that bet. Mm. Next. The Cowboys dominated the Giants. They're now plus 520 to win the NFC. Joe, good bet or bad bet? I don't think it's a bad bet. I played him at plus 190 to win the NFC East before the season started. Uh, I am an Eagles fan, but I think between injury luck, the schedule, and a couple other things, the Eagles might take a small step back. Dallas is very formidable and is going to be a good regular season team like they've been in each of the last two years. The problem for the Cowboys is once they get to the playoffs. Plus 520 to win the NFC, I don't think that's a bad wager. If someone gets behind it, so be it. San Francisco looks good. Philly's pretty solid, but I think the conference as a whole is relatively thin. First of all, you're an Eagles fan that bet on the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, don't go home to Philadelphia anytime soon. Don't do okay. it. Okay. I'm here in Las Vegas. It's nice and warm. Life is good. <laughs> and I don't think you're going to be collecting your money. I would say to go to the Super Bowl, to win the NFC, I can't ever call the Cowboys a good bet. I really can't. They played great the other day. Don't get me wrong. But I, I'm still on Philadelphia. I'm still on San Francisco in front of them right now. Speaking of those two teams, Kansas City, San Francisco, Philadelphia, all plus 700 to win the Super Bowl. So are any of those teams a good bet right now with those odds to win the Super Bowl? Joe? San Francisco at 7-1 to isn't bad. Seattle looks like, after the way Seattle played in week one, the Niners could cruise to the division. If they cruise to the division, that guarantees them at least one home game in the playoffs. So I would look to San Francisco at 7-1. to I'm really not interested in Philly. I think they're taking a step back this year. And Kansas City, there's not enough there to get me excited. I, and I, that has nothing to do with the injuries or any of the stuff before the season started. I just wasn't buying them to begin with. They'll be good. I just think it's too difficult to run to try to put together yet another Super Bowl win. See, I think I think it's a phenomenal bet for any of those three. I love seven to one odds. You give me seven to one on Patrick Mahomes to win the Super Bowl this year. Okay, I'll do that. And I know what I saw the other night. You're gonna give me Chris Jones is back. You're gonna give me seven to one on San Francisco. You're gonna give me that on Philadelphia. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Give me give me any of those three teams over the field. That is a very good bet. So let me let me present a new bet for you, and I'd have to figure out the pricing on this, but if you had a chance where you got Kansas City, San Francisco, and Philly to win the Super Bowl all packaged together versus the field, what would you bet? Uh, if it was, I mean, again, I would that would depend on value to me. Yeah. Uh, if that number is like, let's, I don't know, would that be, you, you can do the math on it. 
Would that be like three to one? I don't know. I don't think it would be three to one. It'd be closer to, I think it'd be closer to like minus 110, something like that. I'll crush the numbers. See, I can't do it for that. I can't do it for that. But if you're giving me seven to one on any of those teams individually, yeah, I'm on board. All right. Next. Iowa, Western Michigan, the under is 42 and a half. For what it's worth, Iowa's a 20 and a half point favorite. If I did the math, they expect Western Michigan to score only 14 points, that means. So, Iowa, Western Michigan, 42 and a half under. Good bet, bad bet. Carlin? First of all, let's just talk about that for a second. Joe, they're 28 and a half point favorites with an over under of 42 and a half. I have never seen that before. Please tell me in your expertise, have you ever seen anything resembling that before? Yeah, there 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 are some there are some games that have been close. I don't have them offhand, but right. there are some games out there that I in college that have been like this. Basically when you have an elite defense going up against a team that's projected to do nothing. It is shocking though. 42 You're really trying to thread the needle. We should have a show bet on this where we go, where we I think you already mentioned this. Lay the 28 and a half and bet the under. I think we should do that. Let's do that this week for a little same-game parlay situation. (laughs) Let's do that and see what it pays because I kind of like it. And here's the thing. It's a good bet with Iowa under. And every week I look at the number and I say, no, it can't be. No, it can't possibly. Numbers, the number's 12. Go under on Iowa. Do it. By the way, Evan, uh, what you were talking about earlier, the projection for Western Michigan points, their team total is only seven. Seven. You just don't do the don't subtract the the spread from the total. You've got to figure out how to incorporate the total with Iowa scoring. Long story short, they're projected to score seven. So that would be thirty five and a half for Iowa. Thirty five and a half for Iowa. Seven for Western Michigan. That gives you forty two and a half. Evan, by the time Joe is done with you, you're going to have your own tout service in Vegas. Yeah, you're going to have a great one nine hundred number, buddy. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I already have it on speed dial. Next. Okay. We need to get you a fancy name, like Easy Evan or something like that. Or, you know, internet service. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. One last one, go. Colorado laying 23 against uh, Colorado State at home. Joe, good bet or bad bet to lay the 23? I've been betting against Colorado every which way. I've been taking a bath on this team. I'm going to keep going. I'm betting Colorado State. Sandwich spot game. Colorado off a huge win over Nebraska, which came after the big win over TCU. Next week, they're at Outson Stadium in Eugene, Oregon to take on the Ducks. Classic look-ahead spot here. Maybe they're up 28 points late. Colorado State backdoors it with a touchdown to get us inside the number. Rivalry game, I know. I, I Yeah, rivalry. Yeah, huge rivalry ish, here. Ish, ish. Colorado, Colorado State, like in theory, right? I, I, I will go ahead and I will not get suckered a third time, as you are. Give me minus 23 and a half for Colorado. <laughs> I will absolutely do that. But I tell you what, I love the fact that you keep doing it. I love the fact that you keep betting against Dion. Let's see what happens. The old Martingale. The old Martingale. You basically keep betting and you keep doubling down each time to try to make all your money back. It's like when people come to Vegas, they're like, look, if I keep doubling, I can't lose every hand playing blackjack. No, not every hand, but you can lose enough that you run out of money. (laughs) The Reds hit the last five times. I'm going to bet red again. Yeah. (laughs) It's hot. Red is hot. By the way, price on a $10 same game parlay on Iowa minus 28 and a half and the under. Plus 354. We're on board. Okay. I think we got to go on board. 
Okay. Oh, man. Speaking of Dion, is the clock already ticking in Boulder? We'll explain next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Drops, looking downfield, right side of the end zone, grab, touchdown, touchdown, Colorado! Shadur Sanders to throw, runs off to his left, now he's going to pump, now he's going to run, dies, end zone, touchdown, touchdown, Colorado! Shadur's done it through the air, and there he did it with his legs. It was extremely personal. All respect was gone for them in their program. The respect level, it ain't there because you disrespected us first. How long is he going to be staying in Boulder? It's a fair question already after two games. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who is it on to save the Jets' season? Is it Zach Wilson? Is it the Jets' defense? Is it Nathaniel Hackett, for that matter, or even Aaron Rodgers in trying to help get Zach Wilson ready and sell his credibility. Look, when it comes to Dion, we can get into this too with you on the open lines now. I know people are talking about it in the NFL already. Joe, Dion Sanders is best served as a college coach for so many reasons. And I think as an NFL coach, it doesn't play nearly as much. If I were Dion and the big deal comes along from Florida State, which, you know, Say what you want about Norvell. Might be a bad situation for him. Doesn't matter. If they have a chance to bring in Dion to be their guy, if they if Florida goes after Deion Sanders, if one of the big boys goes after Deion Sanders, they're not going to regret it. He has already made Colorado their money back. But I think if you pay attention to how he handles the team and really where his strengths lie, which is acquiring the talent of players at a college program. That's where he is going to be best served. And for me, if I were him, I would stay on that college level. You can make more than you can in the NFL. I would love to find a way to disagree with you here, but I can't do it. It it feels like the messaging that he uses works perfect for the college football athlete. Yep. It feels like that's the, 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 he can build the culture. He can motivate, he can inspire I feel like once he gets to the pros, I don't know if that message would land as well, not because of him, but because of who he's talking to. You know, there are young guys in the NFL that once you reach that level and you become a professional and you got your money, 
you're not necessarily driven the same way you used to be. You're still driven, but some people can be driven differently. And at the same time, a lot of guys, some of us who are sports nerds like you and I, we just assume all these kids coming into the league understand and know who Deion Sanders is. They don't know the history. A lot of guys coming into the league just do not know the history of the NFL. Nothing wrong with that. That's okay. It's not a critique, but he might not have that aura or that ability to kind of get the message across to those guys at that level. But at a level where you're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds. Yeah, because he's done it all and they want to do that. They want to go to the league. He's been to the league. They want to get paid in the league. He got paid in the league. They want to win in the league. He won in the league. He knows it. And they're all willing to buy in because he's shown them a he's done it. He can walk the walk. He can back up the talk. And B, he's basically paving the blueprint for how to get there and do the same thing. Not to his level, of course, because there's only one Deion Sanders, but he's got him bought in. Well, let's put it this way. How is Deion Sanders making a dollar more for any NFL player? The great NFL point. players are getting paid if they're great players, no matter what. In college, Deion Sanders can make you more money especially if you're a great college player and it may not translate on the NFL level. He can get you those dollars right now. That's a big part of it. A big part of it is selling his motivation. Watch how Dion talks to his players. I'm not saying he can't adjust, but you're not walking into an NFL locker room or in an NFL meeting room and motivating. That's not what the job is. They want to be treated as adults it's understood that when you get to that level, it's not about motivation. That's on you. It's more about how to game plan, how to put teams in best position to win. And Dion may be able to do that. I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but it strikes me that he's had all of this success because he's had a couple of really good players that he's been able to attract, including his own kids, but yeah. more so Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter a few years ago was the number one player in the country, and he went to Jackson State. Like, if you can do that, you can sell players to come to where you are. That's all that matters. That's all that matters for Dion. And there are boosters around the country who will gladly ante up 20, 25 million a year for Dion Sanders. They will absolutely do that. What about eight, eight million a year? Because apparently the number eight was really important in that rant. Yeah, I don't know. That was because my fat finger hit the button. <laughs> Here's what happened. I'm, I'm flying all over here with my hands. Number eight. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is so well laid out. It's so well spoken. Then here comes number eight. I'm like, this, but this is, is not what a. you're going to learn about me. This is not a rankum segment. Kitty used to call it fat handing the show. Fat handing. <laughs> number eight. Yeah. Like, that's it. And and I tell Evan, listen, I want to have it so that I can play the sound. So it'll be right on and it'll oh, be yeah. tight and it'll sound great and all that stuff. And the next thing you know. Number eight. Let me let me ask something. What is the number eight button next to? Is it number seven? Number seven. All right. I was going to say if, five. The, if the next button was some sort of like, let's go get lunch. <laughs> I was going to ask about the the, the positioning that of the board is there. Correct. Yeah, right. That, exactly. <laughs> this is a chopper. <laughs> And I can't believe, here's the other thing, too. Like, it's an iPad over to my right. And, like, I would think that I would have to hit it. I usually have to hit it pretty hard to get it to fire. I, I grazed it. 
I absolutely grazed it. I am going to have number four. some sort of speech on this show like years down the road. And we're going to be having a conversation and I'm going to start tearing up a little bit talking about how, you know, my dog is getting sick. And uh, is there anyone out there who understands what this feels like? I'm just so, so heartbroken. And then you're going to hear this. <laughs> Sorry. And not only are you going to hear it, you're going to hear it fired wrong. What were you talking about? I fat-handed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to get our sound in order. The next thing I know, it's just and ended up. Five quick snap to Shuck. Oh, oh it's, yeah, it's Tyler Shuck again. <laughs> we should just do a random audio segment. Set the board up with a, bu- with a bunch of things. We don't know what they are. And we'll just hit them, and we'll have to react to whatever the sound is. So one minute you get a sound bite from a coach. The next minute, number two. Uh, (laughs) you you do have to appreciate though how i just kept going yeah i I tried to blow through that like nothing happened you had me thinking it was on evan when you said number eight like i didn't even know what number i had fired (laughs) you were that in the zone huh (laughs) i was that locked in on how important my message was to get across about Deion sanders it's Look, everyone, notch. I've been thinking about this for weeks. Dion is not going pro. Number Number eight. eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's Jets, get lunch. Cowboys. Marquee game in week two. And there's another NFL quarterback who is number put- nine. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Who has put the pressure on Dak Prescott. We'll explain next on ESPN. Number four. (laughs) This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Jones throws it out to the left. Fumble! Return to the air at the 20. Run into the end zone by Duran Bland. A lot of good things tonight to build off of. It's your first division win and your first road win. And all those are important because it's important to get that first one under your belt. Thorough beatdown in week one for the Cowboys over the Giants. Dak Prescott really didn't have to do anything, and he virtually did that. He did nothing. It's amazing to say that when you win 40 to nothing, but it was accurate. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. You know, let's take a listen to Jerry Jones because we talk an awful lot about Dak Prescott and where his place is among the quarterbacks in the game 
and if he is in fact capable of winning a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys. And as we know, each and every week, Jerry Jones does his radio show on 105.3 The Fan down in Dallas. Here he is speaking about Dak. If I've ever seen anybody that is so sound and is psychic, so sound in his uh, approach to business, and this is business for him, so prepared, he relies on his preparation better than anybody that uh, I've been around. And, of course, he stays uh, stays confident and solid out there. If you get somebody that team will follow, that's the key. But he's the best leader that I've ever seen at that position. And uh, we've been around some good ones. Aikman was outstanding. Uh, Tony, I think, was just outstanding. But uh, Dak, quite a leader out there at that position. Yeah, he's not better than Troy Aikman, and I wasn't in the locker room. I can tell you that right now. Oh, you got that? You got the inside scoop on that, huh? Yeah, yeah. I didn't exactly have to crack the code to find that out either. But <laughs> I do, I do believe him because I do know that from all accounts, Dak is exceptionally well respected in his locker room, and and people do want to follow him. The problem is what he does on the field and the turnovers, and that becomes the bigger issue, and. It was really interesting to me the other night, Joe, that we sit there and we watch the Cowboys' next opponent in the Jets do what they did to Josh Allen. And Damian Woody talked about this yesterday, and it is completely fair. Here is Damian Woody, ESPN's NFL analyst on Get Up. Everyone has been giving Dak Prescott all the smoke this offseason about the turnovers, okay? No one gives Josh Allen smoke. What we saw last night was a travesty. And it's something that Josh Allen has done throughout his whole career is turn the football over. Yes, does he make spectacular plays? Absolutely. But what's the number one job of a quarterback? Take care of the football. I'm not even talking about going to try to go get a touchdown. I'm talking about just mundane type plays where there's no need for you to put yourself in harm's way. And he doesn't all the damn time. When is the smoke going to go towards Josh Allen and the way he plays football? Can Dak play football in a much more clean way when we knock him for the very same thing that we saw the other night from Josh Allen? It's a fair point. It's a fair point. I want to go back to Jerry Jones for a second. If, if, if he has all those qualities and you love those qualities so much, why didn't you pay him? Why hasn't he been paid? Yeah. All right. So I'm not I can't sit here and listen to all the gushy nature of everything when the actions speak a little bit louder than the words. Prescott takes a lot of heat for a lot of reasons. It's not as if he's on a rookie contract and it's not as if he's a rookie. He's a veteran and a highly paid one. So he's going to come under the microscope. He also happens to quarterback America's team which whether you love him or hate him is pretty much the most popular team in the entire sport, if not the entire country when it comes to all of our professional sports. There's a reason ESPN talks about him quite a bit throughout all its channels because they rate and people want to hear about him. So if you're going to be that guy in that spot making that money, you're going to be a lightning rod for criticism. And on top of that, you throw in the lack of success in the postseason, it makes it easy for the haters to come out of the woodwork and say, yeah, he can put up some passing numbers, but he really can't get it done when it matters. Josh Allen, I think, comes across as more likable, not because Prescott's not likable, but because Allen plays for the Bills. No one hates the Bills, right? Like, even in the AFC East, it's just kind of like the lovable losers who at one point went to four straight Super Bowls and lost them all. Everyone seems to find Bills Mafia very charming. I do, of course. I married into it. Um, it, So all the way around, I don't think people look at Allen or the Bills as like a threat or 
see him as anything other than a likable story because they're likable losers. That's not the Cowboys. That's why Prescott is put in a different light despite his production and his flaws being similar to Allen's. Yeah, listen, it's more than fair. People love to hate the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent about him as a player. I don't know that I want him to be my quarterback. I also don't know that I don't want him to be my quarterback. Like, if I put him on the Jets right now, I'm not a Jet fan, I I would actually feel better about my situation for sure. But would he cut down on those turnovers? I hope so. He made a lot of mistakes in that regard last year. A lot of mistakes. And that's where it has to end. And here's where my problem with it isn't going to go away until I see a really strong performance against a really good defense. Like, for instance, this Sunday. Dak Prescott. What's a strong performance? I'm sorry to jump in there. What? what it, how would you define a strong performance? If he just plays game manager, doesn't turn the ball over, and they win, is that good enough? Or do you want to see, you know, some aerial attack, 300 yards, two, three touchdowns? Yeah, I'd like to see that. Wow, that's like going to be tough against this Jets D. Very tough. Very tough. Let's just set it at this. Can we throw for north of 250, two touchdowns, no picks? That's clean. That's very clean. Healthy living. And against the Jets, that's a 300-yard, three-touchdown game. Yeah. You, against Stoss Gardner, against C.D. Lamb the entire night, you, that's a very clean game. That is that is as good as throwing for 400 yards against the Chargers, like we saw Tua do this past week. So I, I, that's not an unreasonable ask for a quarterback if you're a team with true championship aspirations. The other night, I'm not doing anything about it. it. It was bad conditions. He didn't need to do anything. So that doesn't mean a thing to me. But the bigger question is this, Joe. Kellen Moore's gone. Mike McCarthy wanted to run the ball more. Is Dak going to be able to go win games when he has to go win games? Because there are going to come times where he has to go win a game. That's the big story. That's the big question. With That's Mike McCarthy directing the ship. We've seen him. We've seen him do it. We, we highlight the games like last year against San Francisco in the playoffs where he couldn't do it. We have seen him win games in tight spots. I mean, we so casually overlooked the fact that he and the Cowboys went into Tampa Bay in the wild card round and just boat raced Brady's Buccaneers. But that's because Brady's Buccaneers weren't that great. So we're not going to give a whole lot of credit to Prescott. We're just going to say Tampa stunk. And that's how it should have been. Just like this Monday, or excuse me, when they this Sunday night when they take on the Jets, it's Zach Wilson. You're a nine and a half point favorite at home. You should win this game. You should look good. We're always going to move the goalposts. We're always going to find a way that when you play well, well, you were supposed to do that. When you don't play well, well, now we're going to criticize you. It's going to be a while before we can test whether or not he's taken the next step because we need him in a big game in a primetime spot, mostly with the playoffs on the line. I will say week five, I believe it is, they're in San Francisco taking on the Niners. That's going to be the big litmus test game. You go in there and play well, okay. You go in there and fall apart, same old story. But, I mean, what, what about this week? Are you not going to judge him based on the performance against the Jets? What, what I, it, it's, I guess it, it all depends on what we see. If you can go, I think it's going to be more judging the way they want to use him against a team like the Jets. Because against Wilson and that Jet offense with that O-line on the road facing the Dallas defense, the expectation here is that from an offensive standpoint, you shouldn't be playing to score 40 and roll up 500 yards of offense. You just got to be smart with the ball 
Punt when it best serves you. Don't turn it over. And if Prescott's able to just play clean, modest football, that should be enough to get out of there with the win. And if they do that, no judgment. Smart, clean football. Good for you. That's what you're supposed to do. They're actually asking you to do less, so you should have more success. You would think, right? You would think, but I don't expect it to be the case where they're going to be able to run the ball enough that he doesn't have to be a big factor in the game. I I do think that even though Wilson is playing, and and it's very, very feasible that the Dallas defense could score again this week. Uh, In fact, I would almost expect it. for the defense to score. I I just, I don't know how effective uh, they're running the football purely is going to be against the Jets. I would like to, to I would like to commend you. I'd like to commend you for a variety of things, but right now, just for one thing, Mm. you made it all the way through the segment without your fat fingers hitting any random buttons. Listen, it's little victories in life. And number nine, little victories in life (laughs) there's little things that we all aspire to and you just hope that at some point you could just take baby steps in in trying to get better in everything you do each and every day number 10 thanks for listening to the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio you can listen to carlin versus joe weekdays from noon to 3 eastern on espn radio the espn app and on sirius xm channel 80 you can also watch and listen on the espn app Carlin vs. Joe Podcast.